think this is, I don't even think Julia has ever been in this counseling office. She might have, Jerry. I imagine she was, yeah, <laughs> once or twice, probably. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Student Manager Podcast. It's Fonger News, and we're here on the campus of Modern Day. We're with Kelly Bauer, Modern Day High School Counselor, and Jerry Campo, Principal here at Modern Day. And we're talking, we can go in a lot of directions, but obviously this podcast is to help the college search and admission process for students as well as parents, but we can also talk about just the impact of COVID and what it's done to students' education and learning. And and I'm just going to open up directly and just ask you, Jerry, like what keeps you up at night during this whole process? Uh, well, first clarification, I'm the assistant principal. Um, I oversee academic services here. And really to answer your question, I think the, the thing that that keeps me up at night is coming out of COVID and all of the things that we're seeing for our students, both from a social emotional standpoint, as well as an academic standpoint of how do we reorganize ourselves in order to meet the needs of what's right in front of us right now, which is very different than what we've been used to in the, in the last number of years. And so a lot of conversation, a lot of collaboration amongst the professionals that are on this campus about um, what that looks like so that we can really, really, really attack um, some of the learning loss that we're seeing, some of the emotional, emo, uh, social emotional um, struggles that our students are having. So as a parent, and Kelly, you're a parent, mm-hmm. and Jerry, you had two kids that went through here, and I have a sophomore here. If we're listening right now, what's the message you want to send to us, or what, what are we trying to convey? That we're all in it together, um, and that I think the importance of a podcast like this and, and having a, a counseling office in a high school and... and and organize ourselves in such a way is just to make sure that to remind everybody this is a partnership and a collaboration. We're all trying to, we're all in it for the same reason, which is to raise kids and to form them into the next generation of, of, of successful adults. And so we have to kind of, you know, get through this short term, but recognize that it has long term um, ramifications. Let's speak about long term because I think there were some studies when the big there was like some big flu in new york and i think the school district shut down this is before our time Mm -hmm. and they had there was an impact to learning like the year after or the years Mm -hmm. going on what type of impact kelly do you do you see or or that you might have noticed just in the last year or so in the transition and the impact that it will have to the kids maybe not like to the seniors now even with the college search admission process but Mm -hmm. moving forward well, there's definitely a need to slow down. We're currently visiting our senior English classes and talking about the college process, doing what we do every year. And we really realize these last, like the last month since we've been in school, how much the seniors just need us to just take it slow, take some breaths, <laughs> you know, take some time to take in this information and just be okay with not maybe being where the seniors were last year or the year before and the years before. and. To be honest, helping like the adults not focusing on our stats, like where did our seniors go three years ago? I mean, it's just going to look different because unfortunately the colleges are still trying to figure out what's going on and navigate you know, their college admissions process for the next couple of years. So these kids right now, especially the next three years for sure, there's a lot of unknowns and we have to get comfortable with... Um, being uncomfortable. Yeah, being uncomfortable and being open, you know, looking at maybe different pathways. I mean, of course, we, we're a college prep school. We want our students to go off and go to college, but there's maybe different ways to get there, and right. that's okay, too. So. And I think the message, that's, 
even before COVID, and especially in an area like this, I always talk to parents and I tell them to relax. Mm -hmm. We've seen it all. And, you know, not everyone has to wear the sweatshirt brand, mm -hmm. school. And at the end of the day, Jerry, you've gone through it with two kids and I've seen it. It all works out. Mm -hmm. Does it not, Kelly? It always works out. Always. <laughs> we have students who've returned this year working with us. And one was my former student. And he took such a different path. And he's so accomplished now. It's exciting. What message would you give to parents, specifically senior parents? Because it is September. Mm -hmm. I mean, summer, they were getting all their essays ready, their applications ready and and i've interviewing so many students from this area and, and graduating from modern day i always ask them if they had to do it all over again or what type of pressure they received not only from their peers but from their parents what message would you give to the parents as well as to a senior mm -hmm. listen to your senior <laughs> i you know i i think don't get caught up with what everyone else is saying and talking about we've been telling the kids the last couple days you don't have to be applying to the same number of schools that your your friend is right here, or you know your peer next to you. You um, you can you can look for schools that might be the right fit for you. You know you you don't get have to get hung up on applying to a UC because so many of our students apply to a UC or applying to those you know Ivy League schools. It, it's okay. So just I think for the parents, it, it's remembering that yes, you are investing in a, a college prep education for your high schooler, and we obviously want great results at the end, but that can look very different for your child, right? Right. It, absolutely. I, I mean, I'll tell parents, and a lot of them go to this high school, mm -hmm. as well as in the local communities, and I'm, I'm saying every school that you're talking about you realize, first of all, I'm like, good luck, because there's gonna be a lot of rejection. And some of these are like first-time parents, right? Maybe second-time parents. And I said, do you take every single high school in California or United States, you just take their top one person? They're all, everybody has that 4-0 unweighted. Everyone has all the extracurricular activities, so what's gonna separate and stand, and stand apart? So if you're all looking at Michigan, Texas, Notre Dame, Vanderbilt, right? Stanford, Cal, UCLA, USC. I'm like, what is your middle schools? What is your safety schools and backup? So what do you tell a high school senior or even a junior in terms of how to get their college list together and not thinking about those sweatshirt brand schools? Totally, we just start getting to know them. You know, what are you interested in? Where can you see yourself living? You know, as a family, what kind of conversations are you having? Because you know, you got to be realistic too financially. You know, we got to—it's got to work for everyone, right? So I, I think just having a lot of conversation, and I think just focusing on that child, and for the parents being a part of that, and we talk about what's best for for that family, that student. You leave out all the other stuff. Don't right. think about what everyone else is doing. It's hard. It's really interesting because a lot of times, you know, you'll start with, okay, where are we thinking? And, you know, the parents listing off these schools and <laughs> the students looking scared. <laughs> the student's going to college, not the parent. Right, Jerry? 100%. 100%. I say that all the time. I'm like, yeah. wait, time out. Who's going to college here? You don't have to live your life vicariously through your student. Well, and you say the, the brand sweatshirt, I always say it's the sticker on the back of the car, right? It's the same idea that mm -hmm. we think that 
you know, we, we have to go to a certain college because that is, determines future. The, the number one determiner of success, both in college and beyond, is engagement. Being engaged in the university you go to. There are great professors, there are great majors, there are great environments on, you, you've been to a hundred and some colleges, the environments are wonderful. And so it's really a matter of recognizing that every, all these colleges that they're applying to have something great to offer them. And I'll use my son as an example. You know, COVID kind of put a whole damper in his process. And he ended up at the University of Nebraska. And he told me a couple weeks ago, best thing that ever happened to him. So sometimes things don't happen to you, they happen for you. So that rejection might be the best thing that could have ever happened to you because it puts you on a campus that you get fully engaged in and you become very successful beyond that because you bought into whatever that university was selling. And Kevin Campo, who she's talking about, her son, class of 20 with Julia at University of Nebraska, a former guest on the podcast with two of his roommates, talked about the experience. I mean, some were Greek life, some weren't Greek life, student athletes not, but Nebraska, they really showed a different side of, I mean, I mean someone coming from modern day, they're like, who's going to Nebraska? Besides Will, right? Right. <laughs> Unless you're a student athlete playing basketball. But Jerry, stick on that because you've had two students that have gone through this process. Kelsey, another former guest, came on with Jake Kyman from UCLA as a student athlete. And then your son, you've seen both sides from the recruitment side as well as Kevin's side. What was your whole overall take on it? In your, if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? Uh, if I had to do it all over again for Kelsey, I wouldn't have done anything different for Kevin. We kind of had to just pivot because of COVID. Um, but we went through a really good process with Kevin because of what we had learned from Kelsey. If I could go back, Kelsey verbally committed to UCLA, in my opinion, too young. Uh, and that was the pressure of, well, here the offer's here, and you kind of have to take it, or we're going to move on to the next person. And the, the pressure and the fear of not getting another offer past that um, I think was challenging for us. And right. so Kelsey felt really good about it and the offer was so incredible. It's how the whole thing was, how do you pass up UCLA? <laughs> uh, and I, I wish, and I'm not saying we wouldn't have ended up at UCLA, but I wish we had taken a little bit more time um, to really look at other schools. Absolutely. So you can compare and contrast and see that difference. And I tell every parent and student athlete the same thing. I'm like, why? First of all, sports is a business and it's like a sales gig, mm -hmm. right? Kelly, I'm going to give you an offer. Jerry, I'm going to give you an offer. And, and it's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're out there listening, student athlete or parents, you're not committed. You're not going to that college until day one of that fall campus when you're actually step foot on that campus. Because anything can happen. Yeah, and you learn a lot about yourself your last few years of high school and, and who, you, who you are and who you become and where you might fit better. And I think sometimes you have to you have to consider those things. And like Kevin knew he wanted a call he wanted college game day. Didn't matter, right? He knew that that's what he wanted. So those were the schools that he were looking at. And he had an opportunity to potentially play lacrosse at Marquette, but because of COVID and the canceling of that season, their roster got too big. So that offer kind of went away. And then it was like, well, do you want to be at Marquette? And he said, yeah, the basketball is great, but there's no college football. Am I going to drive to Wisconsin and watch the Wisconsin games and become a Badger <laughs> yeah, fan? Hang Maybe. out with Longer. That, yeah, correct. And that would have been an option for him. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, he made a choice looking at what's the best environment for him, both academically and um, school environment. Go back to the statement you said about Kelsey. You said if you had to do it all over again, besides her committing too early, you would have looked at other schools, other opportunities. You might have ended up 
at UCLA. But looking at those other schools, I mean, as, as a parent, because a lot of parents right now, they want their kids to go to a certain school, not the kid, right? So how can we communicate that to a parent of so many campuses out there uh, and, and what to look at? And, and like what you said, Kelly, just take a breath, relax, and I would say it always works out. Yeah, and it goes back to what Kelly said, know your child and know what, what environment your child thrives in. Are you listening? And then once you know that, then we can start talking to you and Modern Day's great at this. We can start telling you, hey, here's a handful of schools you really should go look at. They meet your academic needs, they meet your environment needs, right? What you believe right. that you want to participate in. Because if you're engaged in your college, you will be successful, 100%. And you're talking about engagement and I tell every student, some of the students that have come on after, there cannot be a guess if they're in high school. They have to at least go through that freshman experience. But I said, you know, when you go to college, you need to network and really it, not only network with your professors, the office hours, but then, and I told Kelsey this too, as a student athlete, we always would see people, our coach would invite us to the dinners. Hey, free food, right? But then you always see people dressed up in suits. Who are all these old people? Well, those are the donors. Those are the alumni. Those are the people you need to network with and could potentially get jobs. So I tell every guest on this podcast that when you're in college, it doesn't stop. That's where it begins because it's, college is only four years. And you're right. You want to be at the right location. You want to be in the right environment. So as a high school counselor, because we see it a lot, especially in this area, Kelly, competing with external counselors every parent thinks that they need to have an external counselor and we have phenomenal high school counselors just last week we had the high school principal at newport harbor and their counselor on so i'm going to ask you the same questions mm -hmm. how can you separate yourself how can you be different than an external counselor and what should parents and students be careful of you know that's a tough question because I mean it is a family decision and again you know your child you know so in terms of following the child around with the deadlines and all of that I mean a school counselor at a high school may not be able to do that all the time where a hired person might be able to be more helpful but I think here and if anything the last two days going in the classrooms with the materials we're sharing with our students I don't think any of our families really need an outside counselor um, the counselors here want to want to work with the student as much as they are willing to come in and ask questions. I think the the benefits you're going to have working along, at least partnering, of course, with the school counselor here, is we sometimes know activities and programs and things our students are doing and involved in that maybe that outside person would not necessarily know about or may not be able to give the correct like information and descriptions. We right. see sometimes some misinformation given, you know, um, maybe some. Um, recommendations or suggestions that maybe aren't in the best interest of the student. So I, I think you have to be careful. I find with my families who do work with an outside person, I, I just say, you know, let's all partner together. Exactly. <laughs> let's, you know, because a lot of times that organization, you know, some kids struggle with keeping on track with deadlines and things like that. So, you know, outside counselors are very good with all of that, you know, and then they're going to expose them sometimes to even more college options. Why, that, that's not a bad thing. But um, I always tell my students who will come in and say, you know, we're not working with an outside person, so I don't want this, you know, I feel like I'm behind, right? Right. They're not. They're not behind. <laughs> Jerry, we're always live. Are we all good? I have an emergency downstairs. 
Go, go. We, we have Kelly right here. Okay, the police are downstairs. Oh, See, this is what you get on Don't the student manager. On. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, let me ask you about SATs, ACTs, because it all changed. It did. It's so confusing. With, with, with COVID. So yeah. what's the latest and greatest? Again, we're navigating, you know, we're at the mercy of these colleges right now. So many will say they're test optional, but then so many admitted students who submitted tests for the fall, you know, or this incoming fall class. So UCs have said they're test blind, not required. Right. Cal states, you know, the private schools, we, our kids are able now to take tests. You know, now there's more options in Orange County and um, we're even having testing on campus. So we are encouraging students to take a test if they can. Um, fairtest.org is a great website where you can learn about the colleges that are test optional. But we also, too, encourage them to talk to the admissions rep. You know, things have been so fluid, I think, this last year that mm -hmm. I find myself just with my senior, let's, you know, let's, let's just call the campus. Let's call Colorado right now. Let's call, you know, whatever the school is, and let's have a conversation and see if it makes sense for the student given their transcript, right? Right. And, and what they've been involved in. And so, I, and that's where I feel like the counseling piece with our students is a little bit more, um, it's just different. You know, it, it's a different type of working with our student because we have to converse more with the family, the student, and the college now. <laughs> and what I get out of it is you're with that student not only every day, but as each year goes on. Mm -hmm. So you see what they're like. You see mm -hmm. how you can help them. And getting back to the SAT and, and ACT, like I've told students and parents, it doesn't hurt. Exactly. It, it's, if it's a good score, submit it. Mm -hmm. If it's a bad score, it's not going to hurt. And that's what most of the schools are saying. And, you know, yes. some of them with scholarships and things like that. You know, we've always at Modern Day for years have always taken the position of let's make sure we prepare our students for all possible opportunities. Right. We make sure our students meet graduation requirements, university requirements, NCAA requirements. And now, you know, let's just make sure we take a test, too, just in case. So that's how we approach it. And I, I've noticed most of my students are taking a test. And let's transition to probably what I think is even more important than just the unweighted GPA and all the test scores. And most of my guests have communicated and they've talked about it. It's the essay. Mm -hmm. Essay is so important. Mm -hmm. and, and how can a student separate themselves with the essay? What, what have you seen to be the bit, biggest success or things that have helped students with the essays? Utilize their resources. On this campus, we've had a boot camp for our seniors with essay workshops. There's an AP English teacher offering <laughs> workshops for our students. We um, have reps come in and help. I think the student needs to learn what the schools are looking for. Like, what is the Common App essay? What are the UC? insight questions like they they have to learn about it before they just go right start working on it. you know what I mean that's yes. what I find so I think doing that is helping the students um, and, and I think like they're gonna have to write multiple drafts <laughs> and get feedback lots of feedback yes a variety of feedback not just the parents you know let's you know ask a couple teachers couple counselors we um, I, I find the students who have a very strong essay they, they put in that time 
And I think parents shouldn't even read the essay. Mm-hmm. That's my take. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Well, because they, the essay, <laughs> they can't write the essay for their child, and it's very obvious. You know, we've done these case Thank studies you, here. <laughs> we've had great experiences with case studies where you know admission reps come and they walk, they separate the parents and the students, and then they walk them through applications, and they will talk about the, um, you know, they'll they'll basically tell them, we can tell the parent wrote this essay. <laughs> So parents that are listening, stay away. I, I, parents, students have said that, and so have have, have people like yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. And and people don't want to hear just confirm validate. People don't want to hear about your ASB, your winning goal, your paid trip to the third world country to go build a house. They want. Yeah. Uh, Tell I know what I'm about to say. Unless you're, unless it makes a significant connection to something else, right? You want to draw connections to your experiences. Yes. And then ultimately, what are those connections going to bring to the university? So that's got to be the student's voice. The student's going to university. <laughs> Not the parents. As a high school senior right now, what should any senior be doing during the months of September? in October. Hmm. What they're doing right now, I'm so proud to say our seniors, they're working on their applications, they're meeting with their counselors, they're working with their English teachers. I mean, really, if you could do all of this, even the month leading into September, right? August is a good month to do all of this. So then by Thanksgiving, we're finished. And I, I foresee that for most of our students. We, we try to encourage them to work on those applications. I mean, you're filling out information like you would for a job application, right? Right. Or a resume. So you can put all that information in there, and then let's use the month of September to fine-tune it. Revise. <laughs> Get feedback. Multiple drafts. <laughs> now, w- w- with a junior, mm-hmm. what should a junior be doing? Yeah, I, I really like to meet with my juniors like in January, February. And I like to show them all the information we give the seniors, not to overwhelm them, but to say, hey, you know what? Put this on the calendar. You can start filling out that application. You can have it all finished the month of July and August between you know when the Common App opens and the, the UC right. opens. And then two, even start looking at those essay questions, right? Look at the prompts for the Common App. Look at the UC questions and start thinking about, like how would I even address answering those? Because maybe then it reminds you to spend a little bit more time in this particular area so that you have something to talk a little bit more about. Right. <laughs> you know, use that summer wisely type of thing. Um, so I, I encourage them to start the process with their parents the, the springtime. Because you can do so much and then you have it ready and we can modify, revise, make, you know. All right, Kelly, now I'm going to take it to the extreme because <laughs> you have a freshman, class of mm-hmm. 25, and mm-hmm. I have a sophomore, class of uh, 24. Mm-hmm. Is it too early to start the process for your daughter mm-hmm. or my son now? And if not, what should parents and even the students, I don't have any freshmen or sophomores listening to this podcast, but they could, should be doing? Now, that's a good question. I've been thinking about this lately because I do have a freshman. And I think at the parent level, it's not too soon for the parents to be paying attention to what the seniors are doing right? Like in the newsletters, whatnot, like read what the the juniors and seniors are being told. Learn about it so that you can be a great support for your child. I do worry about putting too much pressure on the freshmen right now because part of what they're 
doing for the applications or their classes, right? Doing well in those classes, getting involved in activities. I mean, I think encouraging them to embrace their new community, <laughs> become a part of the school community, those are so important right now. And then maybe just kind of once a month, a little nugget of information, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like I'm thinking college night. Like college night will be something, let's go to. Let's just walk around. Let's just see, check it out. Don't ask too many questions. Um, exposure, right? Just expose right. a little bit more and just kind of consistently expose, but don't go crazy. It's not the time to be signing up for the test prep classes. It's <laughs> I, I, I agree with Jerry. Yeah. We're gonna can I answer that question you from my perspective? Um, I, the advice I would give to parents, especially of freshmen and sophomores, is to help your child form into a young adult. Don't worry about the college and the college process right now. We are a college prep school. They're going to get the classes they need mm -hmm. to be college eligible for any university in the country. <laughs> so that's not going to be an issue. What they need right now is to build social skills. They need to be more gritty. They need to learn resiliency. They need to learn coping. Those are things that will allow them to be successful on the college campus. And after. College. And after, and you know, there was a study done um, recently by the Navy SEALs. I, I think this is fascinating that they've been tracking for the last 10 years the bone density of each Navy SEAL class, and they've noticed that the bone density has declined um, year over year for the last 10 years. And one of the things they attribute that to is, you know, we have this culture now where, and I'm all for anti-bullying campaigns, but we have this culture where we um, try to make things really easy for our kids all the time. And so we step in as parents and want to fix everything and want them to avoid adversity, and yet, that's where all the growth happens. That's where the grit and the resiliency is developed. And so allowing your student to fail and to pick themselves up and to learn from failure is the best gift you can give your children and not getting in the way of that, but allowing and teaching them that they're gonna be okay on the other side. Um, because we're literally physically making our, our kids weaker. So let's touch on that because you opened it up. So we're here, family and friends, and there's, parents and of students, and we talk about this all the time, because I think modern day sometimes entitles them, are they're soft, the kids are soft. <laughs> right? Kelly's laughing. I just love that word. <laughs> they're soft. And then when rejection comes, even on the college search and admissions, right? They're like, oh, my kid didn't get into this school, or they didn't get in here. I'm like, hello? Like, break down the numbers out of the 10 or 12 schools they're gonna apply to, six of them are gonna get rejected to. And if you think this is tough now, right, in college, it's going to get tougher. And then afterlife. So what type of communication can we say to the parents that are listening or to even students? I mean, you just talked about just having that grit, being, being tough. But I, I think part of it is where we live. Oh, it's certainly where we live. And it's certainly a cultural problem, right, more than anything. You and I have had this conversation so many times. But again, when you're 30, nobody is gonna care what your GPA was in high school, how many AP exams you took. People are gonna care about the person you become on the journey through school. Right. And so you have to have highs and lows and pitfalls and you have to learn from failure because the most successful people in the world will tell you they failed over and over and over again. So avoiding failure is not really a smart move as a parent but helping them through those failures and allowing them to own them and, and grow. So those that are listening, 
through this whole college search and admission process, there is going to be ups and downs. There's going to be lows. And it come December, January, February, March, when those letters come in or those emails come in and when you get rejected, it's not the end of the world because at the, I, we say this again, it, everything always works out. Every student that I've known from the class of 21, 20, and 19 that have come on the podcast, they didn't get into the college that they wanted to or something didn't go right uh, or their parents put too much pressure on them or even the peers, uh, everything works out. Here's another question I wanted to ask because you guys see it at Modern Day a lot. Students during this time and their peers, right? Everyone's talking about where they applied or where they got accepted. And students are either making the wrong decision of going to college just to keep up with their peers or they don't wanna talk about it. Kelly, you see it. What advice would you give to that student? I know, it's so hard, it's so much pressure. And it's hard as the adult to give advice to the student because like we're not living it like they're living it, right. right? You know, they're experiencing that. And, you know, I just think it is a responsibility that all the adults on the campus have is to um, to notice those, notice when that's happening and then offer, you know, reminders to the kids that it's okay. Like it's okay to be on a different path. It's okay to choose to go to community college. It's okay to <laughs> go into, you know, maybe go straight to work. Like, it's okay. Right. So I, I just think we have to, again, listen, be there, and, you know, remind them and and support them. I mean, that's all we can do because it, it's a hard, because the peers do talk. Like, they're going to talk, and, and we, you don't want them not to, right? Like, there are some of you know, they're very excited. They're, they're proud, but at the same time, um, allowing opportunities for conversation and dialogue for kids so that they can say, hey, maybe this isn't the right fit for me, the right place for me. And I, I do think the counseling staff here, we very much try to partner with the families. And sometimes we, you know, tell the student, hey, you know what, let's bring in the parents. Let's let's all talk and, you know, let's let's help everyone understand maybe what what might be a better better route for the student. And you hit on a great point because even with COVID, a lot of students took that gap year. Totally. And yeah. it's okay to take yeah. a gap year. Or a lot of students, I mean, in Kevin's and Julia's class, Gabe, who was on the podcast, OCC, mm -hmm. he wants to go. There's so many people that do the Trojan transfer that go to OCC to stay locally. Uh, and I, I, I think I kind of got caught up into it and I stopped during the middle of Julia's and Kevin's year. I would ask all her friends, so where did you apply to? Where are you going to college? And then I caught myself yeah. mm -hmm. as a parent. I caught myself. I'm like, you know what? Here I am on this podcast. I'm, I'm listening to what these kids are saying. I, I stopped asking that question because I they always get... ask the student, what are you thinking about after high school? Just I like that. What what would you what, what can you see yourself doing after high school? You know, try not to throw the word college in right away. I mean, right. it's just. It's hard, tra though. <laughs> trade schools. Totally. Tell J Joshua, just go work for an electrician and own your own electrical company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
right? Study, take a couple entrepreneurship classes or mm -hmm. business classes and yep. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the upcoming events because you mentioned the college fair. Those that are listening, mm -hmm. talk about. Which we've renamed Life After High School. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's coming up October 7th. Life After mm -hmm. High School, October 7th. Yep, more to come as it relates to that. Right now we're, you know, meeting with our seniors. We have workshops during our office hours each week. Most of them right now are, you know, geared towards the seniors. Um, trying to think of what else. Senior interview day is coming up. That's a great day for the students. I'm on there. You participate in that. Yeah. I think it's my third year out yeah. of four years. One year I couldn't do it. I was on the road, but. Yeah. But honestly, right now out of our office, we're offering a lot of um, wellness, social emotional wellness support. So a lot of just, you know, opportunities to come in, decompress. Touch on that a little bit mm -hmm. for a student or a parent, because Jerry brought that up to me. Mm -hmm. So expand on that of of your offering more wellness mm -hmm. and so we've partnered with chalk psychology okay. and so we have um, chalk team members on campus every day which is awesome and um they sometimes will hold workshops on sleep <laughs> the importance of sleep <laughs> for the teenagers they um you know will have workshops on just you know getting organized and um just giving time for the kids to sit in color. <laughs> it's that simple. So just breaks in the day. And the beauty of the schedule that the, um, Jerry mostly, <laughs> through t and others created, we have advisory period, um, office hour. So the students have breaks throughout the day in addition to their lunch time. So um, that time we're noticing up here that kids are just coming in and just listening to their music, coloring, drawing, a lot of drawing. So um, I yeah. want to be a student. I know. Right, well, again, <laughs> I want to color and draw. Advisory is designed to, to for kids to take ownership of what they need. Right, it's very collegiate model of like you have this break in your day. What do you need? Do you need to go see a teacher? Mm -hmm. Do you need some art therapy? Mm -hmm. Do you want to go participate? We've got um, a bunch of stuff going on uh, this week and next week with um, some intramurals. We're going to be doing mm -hmm. a you know four on four tournament in the gym and spike ball and mm -hmm. uh, giant Jenga. And the kids are um, we had a kickball game out here the other day. Um, so I think it's just a matter of building community and giving kids that that feel of being on a campus that's as vibrant as modern day. That's the thing we love about this school is it never sleeps. That's the greatest thing about the community and the family, but I've been seeing the images of the kickball and intramurals and Kevin, who's been a guest on this podcast, talking about that and that engagement. I was like, I want to be a student. Totally. They get to have, do something fun. It doesn't have to be all in the classroom. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be serious all right. the time. And then yeah. our, we're having our, uh, our STEM teachers, our, uh, we have a, our robotics coach, um, is looking to do a con competition starting in October where the kids will form teams and they'll create launchers and then they'll have four weeks of advisory to build a launcher and then week five we're going to do a pumpkin launch and like <laughs> which team has the best launcher. So we're just trying to engage kids in things that maybe they didn't think of and maybe that sparks a kid that's like actually I really like this. Right. I like engineering. Um, this might be a path I want to take. Is there anything that maybe I did not touch on or miss that we can communicate to a student or a parent out there? I mean, I think you do a great job, um, Fonger, of bringing all the different angles to parents. And I think it's just continuing to have these podcasts and continuing to educate. I think each one probably has its own nugget of, mm -hmm. um, of clarity on something. And um, I think you, keep, you just continue doing what you're doing. 
Well, I appreciate that because if there's one takeaway, I always say if someone listens to my podcast and we're trying to get it on a bigger platform and I get about 150 downloads on each one, but if just each person or parent, student or parent, just took away one thing or two things, I think it served its purpose. Uh, most students that have been on this podcast, they said, I wish I had something like this because they'll hear the raw stories or the, the real thing about that college or whatever. And then when we get into, like I said, September, October, we're going to have administrators on, counselors on. We talk about different things like maybe parents want to hear or even students that you're reiterating or talking about. So it's been great having you two as guests on the Student Manager Podcast. And we got to do it run it back in the spring when when all the missions start coming out we'll keep this going can i leave some final words of wisdom from a book i read yes you can so there's a book called atomic habits and the the premise for the book is and and my favorite quote from the entire book is we don't rise to the level of our goals we fall to the level of our systems so parents build systems for your kids that they can be successful regardless of what environment they're in Jerry talking <laughs> systems. Maybe that's why she's assistant principal here because she's built some good systems in the last year during COVID. And if I have not said thank you on behalf of all our friends and families that you kept Modern Day up and running when everyone else was shut down, doing protests, and they had an experience last year that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. Just kind of like Kevin and Julia, the class of 20. People like, I feel bad about they missed out. Like, they didn't miss out. But they experienced something that they'll be able to share for the rest of the And had the most epic graduation in the history of modern day. Best graduation <laughs> ever. And if I could make a plug, if we can, you want to save money, do that continuously and have that every other year. That was great. Yeah. The parking lot graduation was something they're like, that was the best thing ever. Wasn't at UC Irvine, quick, short, simple. (laughs) For the student manager, it's Fonger News, out.